Hi, everyone, and welcome to the News Agent Podcast. I'm Susie Lysett, Senior Content Executive at Goodlord, and this episode is a recording of our Making Tax Digital webinar with Robert Bolwell, Senior Partner at Dutton Gregory, and our CEO, William Reeve. They talk through just how your agency can prepare for what's changing under the Making Tax Digital Initiative, which is a key part of the government's plans to make it easier for both individuals and businesses to manage their tax obligations. Uh, there are obviously plenty of ways that you can help your landlords prepare, as well as making sure that your agency is compliant too. And Robert and William share some expert recommendations in the course of their conversation. So that's the overview. Let's get into the detail of what it all means and crack on with the podcast. Morning and welcome. Welcome to the Good Lord's uh, webinar on making tax digital and welcome um, to, from me, William Reeve, and um, from Robert, Robert Orwell. Um, I'll introduce Robert in just a second. Um, but uh, just before I do that, um, let me say a few words about Goodlord. Um, Goodlord is a software platform for progressing lettings deals, and we uh, think we're the best way to do that. Uh, for any letting agent, we offer a whole range of features and services, starting with um, setting up the landlord terms of business, uh, to creating the contract, doing tenant referencing, managing utilities, e-signing, payments, um, uh, the, the, the whole soup to nuts experience. And uh, we've got... Um, Several thousand uh, letting agents across the country using us, um, and uh, 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 hard at work helping agents stay compliant and keep in, keep in touch with all the changing regulations. Which is where today's webinar comes in. We're very fortunate to have Robert join us. Uh, Robert, I'd love it if you could uh, introduce yourself. Hello. Good morning, William. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Robert Bolwell. I'm the senior partner of Dutton Gregory. We're a firm of solicitors with a team that very much specialises in um, landlord and tenant type issues from literally um, serving notices to running court cases to defending landlords who for whatever reason might fall foul of the regulatory authorities. Anyway, that's me. Yes, William, today I think we want to talk about um, the whys, the whens and the the whats of making tax digital, which has been on the agenda now for for a few years. So what have we got on the agenda today? um, We're going to start with uh, an overview of the new regulations, uh, which kicking in in earnest um, in 2024. Uh, We're going to talk about how those regulations on digital tax could impact agencies. Uh, we're going to talk about how they impact landlords, uh, and we're going to talk about the uh, use of the software that's going to be required here. Um, but let's start with what these regulations are all about. Um, so, um, Robert, I think it's, it sort of started with VAT, didn't it? Yeah, it's only the 18. In fact, it goes all the way back to the budget in 2015 when the government said it wants to make all tax digital. Now, if you think about it, we've had income tax in the UK since the Napoleonic Wars. But until this last five or six years, we've always filled in our tax returns, usually on a bit of paper with a quill pen, whatever. All that is now going. What the government has done by degrees since 2016, when the consultation period ended, is they've started digitalizing all the tax. Now, in simple terms, that means that all of our records have got to be kept digitally. Um, you can keep analog, analog records if you want to, but ultimately they've got to be kept in a digital format. And when you submit your returns to the revenue, whether it's for VAT, income tax, whatever it may be, you've got to put in a, a digital return, which necessarily means that your software has got to be compatible with the software that um, the revenue actually uses. But that's the basics behind it. Now, I know we're talking about getting you guys ready for the big changes in 2024, and that's what we're focusing on today. But I guess the good news is that if you work for an agency that's already VAT registered, because the way the regulations had developed over the last few years, you're probably halfway there 
to being ready for 2024. You see, um, if you had a business where you were registered with VAT and your um, your gross VAT was over 85,000 a year, well, then you had to start using a digital system way back in 2019. They extended that system in um, April of 2020. Um, and then now we have got to make sure that if you're filing any VAT return from the 1st of November, as the slide suggests, yeah, that's going to be a digital return. So if you're really doing that from your accounts team, it means your accounts team have software in place, which by definition must be compatible to what the revenue are using. So in many ways, you're already halfway there to getting yourselves prepared for the big change in 2024. Yeah. Now, so what is that big change? Sorry. Yeah, so the big change in 2024, let's, uh, again, it's, it's the, the website from the HMRC, except it's on the screen, but let's just talk through that. Okay, so from April of 2024, if you are a business owner, or if you're a landlord, and as a landlord, you have um, an estimated income from your property portfolio of 10K a year or more, then you're going to have to start filing digital returns. Now, at the moment, if I put in my tax return, I do it once a year, I'll get it in by the end of January, and that refers to all the income I earned in the previous tax year. So there's a bit of a lag between one tax year ending and me putting in my bit of paper, my current tax return. Now, if I'm a landlord in 2024, all that goes out the window. You'll still have to do your annual return at the end of the year, like we do at the moment. But what the government is saying is from 6th of April 24, a landlord who's got a rent roll of 10k a year or more has got to file a quarterly return. A bit like William, you know, you and I put in a VAT return for our business every quarter. The landlord's going to to do that. Now, at the moment, when William and I put in our VAT return, normally we have to make a payment to the revenue. That won't apply to landlords from April 2024. They'll still put in their annual return at the end of the year. But before we get there, they've got to file a return every single quarter, indicating what their rental income is for that quarter and what their expenses are for that quarter. So that's four extra filings a landlord's going to have to make from 6th of April 2024. There's then going to be a fifth filing, which draws all the information from the first four into one place, and then you put in your normal tax return. So in terms of work and for a landlord... Just a second, Robert. Sorry, the, that fifth filing is the end of period statement. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. So there's going to be a lot more a landlord's going to have to do from the 6th of April 2024. And we'll talk about the penalties in a moment if you get it wrong. Now, I have to say that if you have got a landlord with a massive portfolio, he's probably got a firm of accountants on board already talking to him about this. I think my concern as a, as a lawyer is that most of the landlords we deal with have probably got on average one, one and a half properties. And they're the sort of landlords going to read about this legislation probably in the mail on Sunday in March of 2024 and press the panic button. And I think what we've got to do is make sure that agents know what's coming and know how to respond to those panicky landlords when they do walk in in March of 24 and say, oh, my goodness, what have I got to do? Now, it yeah. does say on the screen corporation tax. What we're talking about here for April 24 only applies to individual landlords. So if you have a landlord who has got their property portfolio through a limited company, nothing's going to change for them until 2026. In 2026, 
corporation tax will go digital as well. But for the moment, 24, which is the date on the, on the near horizon, that's going to apply to individual landlords, individuals who don't have a corporation, a corporate structure for their properties. Yeah. And just to pick you up on that, I think it even... Uh... 2026 is not yet confirmed for corporation tax, but they're saying it won't no, be any earlier than that. No, it won't be any earlier than that. I mean, all of these plans were put back a year um, because of COVID and the lockdown. So it, it's quite permissible that um, 2026, when we come to look at it, yeah, the government may push back the corporation tax. Um, a lot will depend, I guess, on how the VAT thing is working out. Feedback at the moment from HRMC is that, yes, most registered VAT uh, users are using the software and things seem to be going fairly well now obviously between now and april 2024 there's a bit of a hiccup in the whole digital network because they're finding the vat returns are not being filed on time we may get things pushed back but for the moment april 24 is the date that's already been pushed back from april of 23. Corporation tax, yeah, if there are no hiccups along the way with self-assessment for individuals, I think we can more or less say corporation tax, it'll start being digital April 2026. Yeah, and just for context here, in the private rental sector, the average rents are considerably higher than £10,000. I mean, £10,000 a year is £830 a month, isn't it? And certainly it's, it's, the average we see is more it, like £1,200. It's close to £1,200 a month, £14,000 a year. Yeah. So it's going to affect most landlords, this, isn't it? I know. I mean, you know, 10,000 is a pretty low threshold, to be honest. But the government wants to push this, you know, to digital because what they're saying is if you have compatible software and you can drag stuff across from, you know, your, your, your management system into your software that's doing your returns for revenue, you'll have less chance of error. Things will be done more smoothly, quickly. It'll save you, the agent, time um, if you've got to provide this information hitherto in paper form to your landlord. And more importantly to the government, It'll save the revenue a considerable amount of time and effort. There'll be fewer errors, fewer chasing ups, and it should, to be honest, accelerate the tax take. Um, but that's that's the thinking behind it. And you're just going to make sure the software you've got is compatible to um, everything you're using at the moment and will be compatible when you come to file your returns. Yeah, and I was doing some reading around this. The HMRC is claiming that they see £8 billion a year of sort of loss from what they see as loss to the exchequer from errors, basically. So I think that's that's a big part of what they're trying to do here, isn't it? Just sort of tighten up on it. What they're, what they're arguing is not fraud or evasion. It's just mistakes. Now, I mean, I've seen those articles. I'm not quite sure where they come yeah. to, will come from that, that figure. But the idea is by streamlining the whole process of putting your tax return in and linking it to your accounting system, which has your income and your expenditure, everything linked together, there'll be fewer errors, tax take will increase, and more importantly, say the time that some revenue officers spend going through tax returns, checking the numbers and all the rest of it will be considerably reduced. So if you like, this is trying to make the government tax collecting arm more efficient than perhaps it is at the moment. Um, It's going to help landlords, uh, and it's going to be a bit of a challenge for for agents, I know, but this is where you come to looking at the the opportunities which which can be uh, presented. Yeah. So let's jump on to what happens when things when you don't comply with this. Uh, let's have a look at the penalties. Yeah, they're, they're revamping the whole penalty structure. Uh, at the moment, if you don't file something on time, you know, you get a stroppy notice, you get a fine, you might get interest payments. All that's going. First of January, we get a new point-based system. It's a bit like, you know, 
when you and I speed at 70 miles an hour, we shouldn't, William, you know, we get points in our license. Very, very similar system for the 1st of January for taxpayers who don't play ball. So the idea is, is every time you do anything late, you get one penalty point. Okay, that goes into your basket. And when you get to a certain number of points, it's an automatic 200 pound penalty. Now, you know, um, I got to say this, William, and if you and I are banned for driving, for speeding or whatever, the moment we're banned, that ban takes effect and all those points disappear. It's not going to be like that so far as the revenue is concerned. So the way it's going to work is something like this. If you file something late, you get one point. Now, if you are only obliged under the regulations to make one filing a year, an annual filing, you can have two late annual filings and you get two points. Okay. And for you, because you're filing your stuff annually, whatever it is, two points is what we call your penalty threshold. Now, contrast that to, say, a quarterly filing. So if you are a landlord after 2024 and you've got 10K um, income or more, you have to file every single quarter and your statement at the end and your tax return. So if you're on a quarterly filing basis and you miss um, a single filing, you'll get one point. But you're allowed to have four late filings, and you get four points in total, before you meet what's called the penalty threshold. Now, as the slide indicates, slightly different for monthly filings, you need five points. But once you get the threshold, which is applicable to you and your personal situation, so if it's a landlord, it'll be the quarterly filing, the four-point threshold. Once you get to that threshold, yes, you get a £200 penalty. So let's look at a situation where a landlord, for whatever reason, has missed or filed late on four occasions. They put them in, but they're a day late. He's now got four points. He gets an automatic £200 penalty. But those points will stay on your license, as it were. So if you then file a fifth return late, guess what? You get another £200 penalty. A sixth one goes in a day late, you get another £200 penalty. So it is all adding up. And the idea is... They want you to make absolutely sure your filings are done on time. So if I was a small landlord, what I'd probably want to do is give the responsibility for all that filing to somebody else, my accountant, my bookkeeper, whoever it may be. But those points will stay on your license until either you get to a two-year point and any penalty point you earned in the last two years disappears. I mean, let's go back to driving. You know, you and I get three points for speeding. Those three points stay on my license for three years, then they disappear. With penalty points for the revenue, they'll stay on your, your license, as it were, for two years, or unless you clear your account with revenue. And by that, I mean sorting out anything which is outstanding, filings which weren't made, and you keep your nose clean for another two years. If you do all of that, all your points will disappear. But at the moment, the way they're talking is, if you're a landlord or you late file on four occasions, £200 fine straight away, miss a fifth, another £200, and so on and so forth. So it's a dramatic way of trying to emphasise to taxpayers, it's not a question of getting this return in on time, it's getting every return in on time. You know, these dates are going to be large in every landlord's diary come April of 2024. Yeah, super, it's really helpful. And just as a reminder for everybody who's joined us on the call, this is a... CPD eligible webinar, so everybody on it will be able to get um, credit towards the CPD. We'll be sending certificates out in about a month's time. So um, it's just very, very helpful for people to be uh, 
appraised here of, the, of exactly how this, this system's going to work. Thank you, Robert. Let's turn to now what this is going to mean for agents and landlords. So I think we'll start with agents. Um, so um, we, because any agent who's dealing with a landlord um, who has a property income of more than £10,000 is going to should be aware of this. Uh, of course, agents are business owners too. Um, although as we've talked about, their, their own corporation tax um, doesn't get brought into this net uh, for, for another few years. Um, and this is all about um, that now ensuring landlords and, and their agents have got an accurate reflection of tax figures, uh, which just reinforces really, I think, the importance of, of bringing digital technology into the process. And obviously, a good lord, we've been all about that for eight or going on nine years now. But this is this is sort of starting to creep into the uh, uh, creep into these end users of the, of the product of the landlords, and it's and it's turning this process into a much more frequent event. Especially uh, some landlords probably only think about the, the property once a year, and uh, you know, now, now that's not going to be possible anymore. Is it? So, as an agent, that, that, that's what that's the um, that's the impact we're facing here. Um, Robert, how, how, what do you think is going to be the main struggle for a typical agency here? I think there, there are two issues for, for my mind. I mean, number one, we've got to make sure that when it comes to inputting data into a particular landlord's account, whether it's, you know, that EPC certificate you'd pay for or the gas safety checks, when you get data, it's got to be input into your system you know, sooner rather than later. You can't leave it in a pile of miscellaneous papers and do it when you feel like it, because if you don't file an accurate return, you know, in your particular quarter as a landlord, you're going to have a problem. So number one, you're going to make sure your accounting systems are up together, that everything is streamlined. So that, that, that is the big issue. Uh, the issue, the second issue then is what support are we as, a, as an industry going to give to, to those smaller landlords? Like, I'm not worried about landlords with big portfolios. They'll have their accountants who will advise on this. I'm worried about your average landlord with perhaps one, one and a half properties, and this is going to be a complete nightmare for them. And to my mind, I mean, I don't know whether you agree with him, but I think this could be an incredible opportunity. Not that I'm saying agents, you guys need to go and start filing returns on behalf of um, individual landlords. I mean, that whether your firm does that is a completely different issue. But of course, it's an incredible opportunity to build relationships with, you know, the accountant down the road. Um, because I think most small landlords will definitely need to get some accountancy input. And if you can set up some sort of cross-referral system with your local accountants, I think it could be it could be incredibly beneficial for the average agent out there in the high streets. I agree. I, I completely agree. Well, I also think there'll be some situations where agents, where, the, where landlords faced with a choice. And again, that, that sort of small landlord, as you put it, an average of one and a half properties, uh, whereby obviously what we mean there is, you know, half the landlords have got one property, the other half got two properties, roughly speaking. Um, but if you're one of those landlords, um, you've got a choice really, potentially. If, if you've not been using an agent already, uh, maybe you've not been doing an account and you've been doing it yourself, you, you, you're pretty much going to be forced into having to find some professional help here. And you've got a choice between is, is that an agent or is that an accountant? And I think enterprising agents could set themselves up to be to be effectively a sort of light touch accounting partner for their landlords here and, and, and and, and be able to support the uh, quarterly process and the filing process here. So, but other landlords will 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 think maybe this is the time to bite the bullet and get an accountant to start start managing their tax tax affairs a bit, a bit differently. But it's, as you say, I think either way, the accountant understanding where accountants fit into the process will be key for any for any agent here. And just a yeah, question from Andrew Bennett. Sorry, quickly, Robert. Um, he's just asking to confirm is that ten thousand pounds per year figure? Is that gross or net? Um, that's gross. 
Because what you do is you put in your return, it'll show your gross income. And in theory, you've got to show your expenses for the quarter. So it will be gross. But I mean, getting back to the point you made, I mean, if I am, you know, your, your average small landlord, they're not necessarily going to have the, the computer power or the technology or the software to actually keep their own records and then do their return and interface with the HMCR software. I think agents watching this video have an incredible, incredibly good head start because they've got the good Lord package already. So there's already an accounting system there for maintaining accurate records of expenditure, income and all the rest of it. And as far as I know, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, William. I mean, you work with all the big software houses so that when it comes to, you know, interfacing between what agents have already got from good Lord and what they need to have to talk to the revenue, it's, it's going to be seamless. Yeah, we certainly work with the ones we can, and we and we provide ways to export data that, you know, for those that don't have a direct link, that we you know you can get the data out of the, out of the system and, and use it wherever with whichever package you want to. So, um, and we were looking at Good Lord actually at, at making that more seamless as twenty twenty four approaches. We're we're still working out the best ways to do that and and trying to talk to our customers as to what they want, what they're expecting, here, what they would find helpful. Um, but maybe we should turn to the landlord side of things next. So. Um, and many of the people on the call probably are landlords. Um, and as we've as we've highlighted here, the um, any any landlord with with property income of over ten thousand pounds a year is going to get brought into this net, bringing them into a quarterly process. Um, uh, they'll be wondering what impact that has on their cash flows. We'll talk about that in just a second. They're going to need if they're more one of their uh, advisors or agents is going to need compatible software. Um, I suppose there's some some suggestion in some of the commentary around this that this is going to reduce evasion. Um, but ultimately, it's going to bring more taxpayers into the self-assessment process, uh, which, for those of us who are in it already, uh, is one of those uh, it's one of those things you wouldn't necessarily wish on your worst enemy, isn't it, Robert? Um, but um, let's just uh, let's just talk about that. Chris, can actually pick up on the cash flow point here. So, uh, uh, are we right in thinking that at this point, it's not changing the dates that you actually that the tax payments are then? Due? No, I mean it's it, 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 it's not. But I mean, there's got to be a big caveat here. Some of you may remember that, you know, a few years ago, if you sold a residential property as a landlord and you had a capital gains tax liability, you simply put the figures into your annual return and you paid your tax, you know, 12 months after you sold the property. So, you know, in that respect, it was great business as usual. Then a couple of years ago, they, they changed the rules. Now, if you sell a property and there's a capital gains tax liability, you can't simply fill in your annual return in 18 months' time and send a check off the revenue. You've got a very limited period of time to actually file a return and, worse than that, pay the anticipated capital gains tax with that return. So, in other words, you're paying your capital gains tax probably within you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months, maybe, of actually getting that gain and selling your property. So, from the government's point of view, that has really accelerated the take on capital gains tax payments when you sell a property. Now, at the moment, William, absolutely right. All the, all the stuff out there which you read says that nothing's going to change when it comes to landlords actually paying their tax. You'll put your quarterly returns in, you do your final return, and then you get your tax bill. So nothing is going to change. But, I mean, call me a cynic, but if they can change the rules with capital gains tax to accelerate payments for the government, it doesn't take a genius to work out that at some stage they might look at changing the rules for income tax. Now and they did it with you know, corporation tax, didn't they? As well, they, they, exactly. they took advantage to speed up the, the receipt of corporation taxes. Absolutely. Now, you know, 
when you think about it, if you, after 2024, are putting in your quarterly returns as a landlord, that quarterly return wants your gross income. It also wants your expenditure. If they weren't thinking of accelerating the tax take, why bother with expenditure? Why just have a figure what your gross income is? But of course, once they have the gross income and the expenditure, it's, you know, it, it, it's obvious that you can work out what your rough tax liability is going to be. So the bad news, and I don't say this to too many landlords out there, I suspect that in three or four years' time, once the system is bedded in and landlords are used to finding a quarterly return, yeah, you may, like you and I do, William, when we send off our VAT return, we may have to make a payment on account to um, the revenue, which will be adjusted, obviously, at the end of the year when you put your final return. But that is speculation and that is the future. But if I was Rishi Shunak and I had empty coffers to fill, it would be one thing I'd be looking at to accelerate uh, the, the, the cash take. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, another quick question around this £10,000 thing, Kenneth asking, um, what happens if a property is jointly owned with the other half, for example? Or do you each get a £10,000 allowance? Let's say you own, jointly own a property with £15,000 a year rent. Does that count as seven and a half each or are you liable? To be honest, I don't know. I think at the moment, because it's joint and several liability for landlords, I think we assume we put in one joint tax return. Now, I've got to say many of the detailed regulations surrounding this are not yet out there. And I think between now and March of 24, not 23, March 24, we'll see a plethora of stuff coming out. You know, it could be another reason to build a decent relationship with a local accountant because they'll be on top of all of this. But i got to say, I don't know the answer to that question, William, which I can only apologise to everyone who's no. watching this webinar. I don't either. It's a good question. Um, so, um, yes, let's uh, – actually, sorry, there's another question here, which is um, that quarterly process. Let's say for the sake of argument that uh, you haven't um, – uh, that you fail to track some expenses uh, in the quarter in question and you you know, you know only realise in the end of year um, statement – is it too late? How, how late can you go back here with that if you've already submitted a quarterly file? No, I think that's absolutely fine because the whole idea, the quarterly process to give you an indication to you as the, the taxpayer what your tax bill may be and the revenue so what's coming. So if you don't get all your expenses into one particular return, put them on the next one and draw them in at the end of the year when you put your final state, your, your, your bond balancing statement in. So at the moment, that's not going to be a problem. Clearly, if there are large sums which we're talking about as expenditure, yeah, if I was a tax inspector, I might want to know why it wasn't included in the first return and only in the third return, but it's not going to be a problem. But it does, I'm afraid, it does put an emphasis on agents because you are the guys who are going to be recording that expenditure um, and you're going to make sure it gets on the record fairly quickly. We also got to make sure that landlords should tell us if they've got expenditure, which they're incurring directly and doesn't come through their, their agents. Landlords are going to the habit of letting you guys know everything. So when you do actually upload the information either to the landlord so they can do their own return or perhaps you're going to do the return on their behalf, it is 101% accurate. Yeah, super. So talking about 101% accurate, let's, let's turn to looking at the um, software implications here. So maybe jump on a slide. Um, and, um, you know, the sort of the, the kind of magical phrase here that you see on a lot of the HMRC website is functional compatible software. And as um, we just had on the Q&A, uh, somebody's, somebody's just posted this, that this uh, functional compatible software seems to be something of a slightly mythical beast when you hit the internet, uh, he's pressing. Um, but of course, we all hold a lot of information digitally. Um, and um, 
that actually I think we'll jump on another slide here um, because I think I think the reality is it's, it's true at the moment there are very few um, there are very few providers who seem to be letting agency specific um, so just on the next slide we've got a link to the um, the, the website on the HMRC which lists the, the, um, the software so um, Sarah if we could jump on please to the next slide just post that link here thank you um, so there's there's a link on the website you can you can, you can Google this and it lists about thirty or forty different pieces of software that are compatible so far. But I think the thing to say is that 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 list is by no means complete, and you know the industry is waking up to this. The software industry is sort of um, exploring this, and I, I know that several firms we're aware of are, are busy busy deploying software at the moment, and then they have to go and get uh, a confirmation from the HMRC that they're compatible, um, which is a requirement of the the software here, obviously. Um, so you should expect that list to, to change and develop. But crucially, and we made this point earlier, Jimmy Robert, that if you're already a VAT registered agent, which most agents are, uh, then you've had to be doing this since the beginning of this month, and you'll 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 be you'll have a lot in place already through that software. It's maybe somewhat invisible to you on the front line, but somewhere in your finance team or your accounts team or the accountants uh, who, who maybe help you with it, uh, they will have some form of um, compatible software for this. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, the revenue haven't published the final regulations for 2024. I mean, they'll be coming out within the next 12 months or so. So if you have got some sort of software package already in your accounting department dealing with the VAT digital stuff, I can virtually guarantee that whoever provided that software will be giving you an add on as we get closer to 2024 to deal with a landlord specific problem. So, you know, as you say, William, best place, go and talk to your accountancy team. What have they got already? How can it be adapted um, to deal with the landlords and the situation we'll have in, in 18 months time? Yeah, but certainly the accounting packages like Sage, Zero, QuickBooks um, are, are well onto this sort of stuff and are you know being used by thousands of professionals all, all over the country already. So those th- those ones are the sort of um, well known ones. But you will you will expect to see specific ones showing up, I think, for the agency community. Uh, and there are there is still eighteen months to go. So um, for a lot of people, they haven't yet they haven't yet got that um, that link live, or they haven't yet got the HMRC. Uh, compatibility confirmed but it is it is it is happening and i think the great thing to stress here william is if you've got one of these systems already for dealing with vat those systems are obviously compatible with what good law has provided in the past yeah. for storing data so getting information transferred from one package to another package and off the revenue won't be an issue it'll be there it'll be sort of you know a seamless transition for you guys so you know goodbye paper hello click of a button it'll be it should be relatively easy once it's all properly installed it's all getting easier and certainly and one of the things that the good lord end of things is we've been um working to roll out our rent collection and uh, lessings account features which any agent using that they've got features to track the expenses they're getting all the rent tracked digitally uh, all the records are already there and it's um yes it's, as you say robert it's all designed to be integrated into the accounting process um which the agent's using or the landlord's using and su- support that error-free um process but but it it um it will depend on how the agent does their accounting how they want to upload it to the hmrc yeah um good um I think, unless there are any other questions, I think that pretty much um, takes us to the end of this. Have we got any uh, any any final points or observations you want to bring in, Robert? Yeah, um, I'm going to mention the do that, sorry. Um, I just just invite anybody oh. else who's got any further final questions. Do do use the Q and A button at the bottom of the screen. Um, we've got a little few more minutes if, if if there are any additional questions. But yeah, Robert, what, 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 final thoughts? Yeah, I, I was always gonna, yeah, I got a final thoughts. Um, 
there are always going to be exceptions to every piece of legislation. And the government has made it clear that if you have an individual, a taxpayer, who can't cope with digital tax returns, they could be exempt. So, I mean, again, go back to my, perhaps my little old lady landlord with one and a half properties. Um, If somebody literally cannot use a computer, if they can't connect to the internet because, you know, there is still somewhere in the country that can't connect to the internet, or if you've got someone who's going through some sort of insolvency process, like they're being made bankrupt or in due course if it's a company being, being wound up, those limited exceptions, those taxpayers will be able to say, fine, we're not going to do any of this. We will still put in our annual return at the end of the year. We won't have to do the quarterly thing. So, of course, if you do have that, you know, average little old lady landlord who can't operate a computer, she has got to make an application to the landlord to be, sorry, to the inland revenue to be classified as an exception. If the revenue say, fine, Mrs. Smith or whatever, you don't need to do any of this, well, then that makes the agent's life a bit easier because the liability to do a tax return in this way when we go digital isn't on the agent, it's on the actual taxpayer. So, say, if you have a taxpayer who says, well, I'm exempt, yeah, you can probably forget this a little bit longer. But say at the moment, the way they're talking about 2024, you will automatically be in unless you as the taxpayer make a specific application to come out. And, and you, you need to get the ASMC to confirm that, don't you? You need to get yeah, a confirmation for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. If, if, the, if the taxpayer says, I'm exempt from any of this, you want a bit of paper. You want something from the revenue saying, yes, yes, we all agree. Now, the only other thing I was going to say is that um, when any piece of legislation introduced in this country, there has to be what's called an impact statement. And when the impact statement for this was done, they reckoned that the cost of the British taxpayer of implementing all of this will be a one-off charge of about 1.3 billion across the country. And that's literally the cost of the software, the training, et cetera, et cetera. They reckon the ongoing costs for British industry are going to be marginal. The ongoing cost will be about 150 million a year on top of what we pay already. Not a great deal when you think of the size of the economy, but that's because the system is designed to save anyone filing a return, saves them time. Now, somebody in the revenue did a calculation and reckoned that with the number of taxpayers we have in the UK, that 1.3 billion price tag works out, would you believe, at 330 pounds per taxpayer. And that's simply taking the number of entities that pay tax, dividing it into 1.3 billion. I have to say, though, that, um, you know, if you're a fairly large agency, I suspect that your software bill for the likes of Sage will be considerably more than the average 330. But those are the sort of figures which the taxpayers are going to have to absorb going forward just to make sure this all works. Most yeah. of the savings, I'm afraid, will be with the revenue. We'll pick up the bill. It was ever thus. It was ever thus, yeah. Um, what about money laundering? Is, is there any implication here around money laundering? And is, is, that, is that part of the process? Um, um, not, not really. Um, the revenue won't be spending a great deal of time going through the returns for money laundering processes. But clearly, if there is some sort of flag that's been raised on a particular taxpayer um, and a return comes in, yeah, they'll probably give it more attention. They might, you know, the return from Mrs. Smith or Mrs. Jones, your average landlord. Um, what they will do in flagged cases is actually look at the veracity of those returns 
Um, you know, if we get a return which says that rent coming in for a particular property is considerably more than, you know, the high street value would suggest, then there will be something. But the revenue don't really have the resources to review all of rental incomes, all of the returns and say, look, there's something wrong here. Flag cases, yeah, they'll get attention. But otherwise, I'm not I'm not too concerned about money laundering implications. Fair enough. Um, questions from Dartan. Will the HMRC be providing a helpline for inquiries here? Um, yeah, they already have a helpline. Um, I'm, I don't want to be too negative about this, but sometimes getting through to the revenue is, shall we say, a challenge. Um, I think what you need to do is talk to your software providers, because obviously the people providing the software have already had that conversation with the revenue. Um, If you're not going to try and do your returns on behalf of individual landlords, but you're going to outsource that to your local accountant down the road, get that relationship with the accountant going early. And the other thing is, you know, read your Good Lord updates because if stuff comes through, Good Lord and the other big, you know, sort of entities out there like Property Mark, National Residential Landlords Association, they will be referring to this more and more as we get closer to the April 2024 deadline. Yeah, super. Um, we've got uh, Kareem asking, I, I don't know that we're going to help him here, but he's asking, what software is recommended for a portfolio landlord, if any, that would be compliant for? 2024, 2026. Any, any um, names? Basically, all the, all the big, yeah, all the big software providers, you know, the Sage, the QuickBooks, all our lot, they will all be compatible because if they're not compatible, they'll be dead in the water. They will be compatible. The question is not what's good for your landlord, it's what's good for your business. Now, you know, as William said earlier, if you are VAT registered for your business, you will already have half the software there in your accounting department. You may not know it, but it will be there. So when it comes to 2024, what you want is not to throw out one provider and get a complete new software package in. You want to go back to people who provided the digital stuff for VAT returns and just get the bolt-ons, as it were. Obviously, if you're a, a large portfolio landlord and you're going to be filing your own returns, well, then I think I'll go to my accountant and find out what my accountant uses and probably try and mirror what they've got in place already. Yeah, and that, that actually takes us to a question from Maria. He says she's got one rental flat, doesn't use an accountant. So can she buy something like QuickBooks herself and do it all herself? Absolutely, she can. Absolutely. But as an agent, just bear in mind, you might be missing an opportunity here to do it on their behalf. But no, in that case, what I would do is I look at the, you know, the brand is like QuickBooks, like Sage, um, because you won't want a massive software program to go on your laptop. You want something fairly basic. And I think as we get closer to 2024, you know, the market will be flooded with them. But of course, they'll all have to be compatible to the uh, to the revenue systems. Otherwise, they'll be dead in the water. Yeah, super. Um... Well, the only thing I would say, though, is if you're talking to a landlord about getting their own products um, on their laptops, Ideally, of course, it should be compatible with what you're going to have in your office. Because remember, the filing of the quarterly returns is not just gross income, which you know they can work out themselves from a, from a rent statement. It's going to be expenditure. And most of the expenditure with a fully managed property won't be in your landlord's accounting system. It'll be in yours. So you want to make sure that if you're having that conversation 
with the landlord. You let them know what you've got or what you're getting and just make sure the two systems talk to each other. Otherwise, what you'll be doing, the accounts team, is printing off reams of paper, sending it to your landlord, who will then have spent hours putting it back into a digital format on their laptop. Um, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, we've got several other questions that have just jumped in, actually. Um, Darren's just slightly puzzled that, you know, what exactly is the point of all this? They're not going to receive the tax quarterly, but because that, to some extent, that's why we're cynical, isn't it, Robert? Um, no, no, I, Darren, I totally agree, which is why, you know, being a total cynic here, I think we're going to get to a situation where, you know, a couple of years down the line, when all the problems have been ironed out, the gremlins have been sorted, someone's going to say, right, when you put in your quarterly return, just like you do for VAT, We'd like a payment on account, thanks. But at the moment, the way they're selling it is that it's less time, it's less resources within the revenue to process this stuff if it's digital than if we send it in any other way. But I agree. I think I think the writing's on the wall at some stage. So there could be severe cash flow implications in you know five or six years' time. But you know, I'm speculating. I'm speculating. Yeah, super. Um... And as I say, the, the, the HMRC is claiming there's eight billion pounds they're losing, not just from residential landlords to be fair, but you know, that's the general push for making it all digital, but the digital doesn't make, doesn't make mistakes. Um, question from Karen, Robert. What is what if a tenant pays twelve months rent in advance and the landlord wants it paid monthly to them? So that presumably they only have to file quarterly what you know, the, the three months at a time. Yeah, well, we, we sort of have that problem at the moment because if you pay twelve months rent up front it's quite possible the revenue will say, right, your entire income arises today. You know, um, what, 16th of November, your entire revenue comes today, which means you're taxed on all of that in the current tax year. Now, that means when we go into a new tax year in April um, of 23, you've got a very small income to set off against expenses incurred in the next tax year. And that's always been a problem. Now, at the moment, the revenue don't really worry too much about that. If you say I'm drip feeding the rent to my landlord, well, the revenue say, fine, we'll apportion that rental income for the tax year in which your landlord actually gets it. But I think it's a very good question. And I think going forward in a scenario where rental payments are being made up front, you know, 12 months rent, I think you need absolutely clear that, number one, it's not a deposit. And number two, that money will only be paid to a landlord on the particular month when a monthly payment will otherwise fall due. If we don't do that, yeah, we've got problems with potential deposit regulations and we've got the potential of the revenue saying on that first return, oh, my goodness, they've had 12 months rent in this month. That's all going to be taxed in this tax year and not allocated in part of the next tax year. So that is a very, very good question. While we're on this, if anybody's read the white paper that my favourite minister, Michael Gove, produced last June, one of the things he's talking about in that white paper is limiting our ability as an industry to ask tenants for large upfront rental payments. Um, so, you know, what's this space? There's going to be an awful lot of change coming if Michael Gove gets his way and how that will dovetail into the revenue. I don't know. But large upfront payments will or may be a thing of the past if Michael Gove has his way. Mm, very good point, Robert. Thank you. Um, point from Zana. Uh, if you have points issue regarding the lateness of filing, so penalty points talking about here for uh, lateness of filing, and if you have an accountant acting on your behalf, is that grounds for an appeal or no excuse? No, I mean, I, I don't think there's going to be anything you can appeal against. If it goes in late, it goes in late. 
you get a point and points make prizes. I think, though, that if, if you do eventually get a penalty and you can point the finger at your accountant and say, look, the only reason I got a penalty is because you guys, you know, you guys were late. Um, I would say you ask your accountant to indemnify you for that penalty. I, I can't see any reason why they shouldn't do that. Obviously, if they come back and say, well, the reason we filed late is because you didn't give us some key information, well, that's a different kettle of fish. But I'm afraid, you know, the fact that you were let down by a third party, um, whether it's an accountant or I'm afraid to say a letting agent is not going to uh, cause these slips of nice revenue. They'll simply give you a point and when you get to your threshold, whatever that might be for you, there will be that penalty. Yeah, super. Um, right, I think that's about it, Robert. Thank you very much for all of your expertise. Thank you for helping us uh, navigate these uh, uncharted waters. Um, I think key takeaways here are that um, big changes coming uh, in 2024, 1st of April. Um, for agents who are VAT registered, they've probably got the software somewhere in their process already. Um, but for the landlords, any landlords with over £10,000 a year of um, gross um, rental income is going to be brought into this net and it's going to need to start to support a quarterly process, either with an agent or with an accountant or with doing it themselves. And that's going to be quite a big shift. Um, outstanding question of um, does... Uh, splitting ownership of a property multiple ways sort of duck you under the £10,000 which we don't have an answer for sorry about that we will see if we can find an answer for that and, and circulate it with the notes um, but um, uh, in the meantime keep an eye out for further software uh, options coming into the market uh, the HMRC website has a link to the currently approved piece of software we're expecting that that list to grow considerably over time um, and we will uh, we'll be issuing quite a lot of uh, material as we as we um, see it on the Good Lord newsagent um, blog site um, and, and recordings and notes from this webinar and um, CPD certificates uh, coming out to, um, for people as well within about a month's time. If you haven't done it within a month or two, do, do, do chase for us and uh, chase us for them. Um, but Robert, thank you very much for your time. Uh, and um, thank you. looking forward to uh, seeing how this unfolds in practice.